We will cut federal funding for any school or program pushing critical race theory, gender ideology, or other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content onto our children. They don't believe that your children should be educated. They believe that they should be indoctrinated. This is a cult. We have been dealing with a gender ideology cult. Are we helping children to affirm who they really are inside? Or are we indoctrinating them into a cult of gender ideology that could leave them scarred literally and figuratively for life? I am reporting to you from the front lines of the war on gender ideology. It's a fundamentally anti-life and anti-human ideology it's coming for our kids, and we have to do something about it. You know those 1930s newsreels where there is a fire moving over a map of the world, and it's about the spread of Nazism? It's right there in front of you. You know what it is, and you know it's bad. What if something very similar is happening now in the 2020s? What if this anti-gender ideology movement is fascism? and it's coming for you and everything you care about. Abortion rights, gay rights, trans rights, women's rights, thinking critically about gender, sexuality and race. Democracy itself. What if you sensed it coming, but weren't exactly sure who the enemy was or how to fight back? We decided to go to the New York City 2023 Dyke March to see if the people most likely to be targeted by the anti-gender movement had ever heard of it. Hi, I'm doing a podcast, and I uh, wonder if you know the term gender ideology. I do not know. I think maybe it's a new topic that um, people are trying to be more well-versed in. It's the uh, theories behind where gender comes from. I mean, I can imagine what it is, but I, I don't know if I've exactly heard that one. Yeah, I mean, I can probably guess. Gender ideology? I don't, I've never heard the term. This is Feminism, Fascism, and the Future, a podcast that connects the dots. We want to see the forest for the trees. The people who don't want women to have access to abortions are connected to the people trying to shut down drag queen story hours, and they are connected to the people who won't accept fair and free elections. And they are connected to white supremacists who hate migrants and immigrants and Jews and black people. In other words, this is not a few small fires we need to put out, but one giant ass fire that is spreading fascism around the world. In order to fight this global fascism, we need to know who the enemy is. But it's difficult in a media landscape that often refuses to name this movement as both global and fascist. Too often, journalists don't connect the dots. They don't show us how Hungary's Viktor Orban shutting down gender studies is connected to Ron DeSantis in Florida, passing the Don't Say Gay law and how this is connected to the rhetoric used by Vladimir Putin to justify his imperialist war in Ukraine as protecting Russians from gay Europe. The thing about fires is they don't start all at once, but often burn underground, unnoticed for years and even decades. That's the case with the anti-gender ideology movement. It started in the 1990s 
but now it threatens democracies around the world. This podcast isn't just about the problem, though. It's about how to fight back. We talk to academics, artists, and activists who are mobilizing for our future. Thanks, Alison Seeger, for that introduction. I'm Laurie Essig, and I am nearly everything that the anti-gender ideology movement hates. I'm a professor of gender studies. I'm a single mother. I'm a lesbian, a feminist, and a Jew. And to be honest, I'm scared, really scared for our future. When I heard about the Don't Say Gay law in Florida, I recognized it immediately. I have spent much of my life living in Russia and was, until 2019, sometimes teaching gender studies there. The Florida law uses the exact same logic and language as the 2013 anti-gay propaganda law in Russia. In Russia, you could not discuss LGBTQ existence in front of anyone under 18. The Don't Say Gay law makes it illegal to discuss LGBTQ existence in schools in Florida. Same assumption in both places, that even saying something as simple as, I'm a lesbian, could turn children queer, that LGBTQ people are constantly grooming children into a life of perversion. If you groom somebody into an ideology, the idea is that you are grooming them into a certain way of thinking. You're ushering them and indoctrinating them into a certain way of thinking. And it's that second sense of the word grooming that is now being utilized in our public schools, in our private schools, with regards to radical gender and racial ideology. Since the Don't Say Gay law in Florida passed, 24 other states have introduced it into their legislatures. In Russia, as of 2022, there can be no public display of LGBTQ lives at all, even among adults. This could be where Florida and other states are going to. I'm not a big believer in conspiracy theories, but the connections between Florida and Russia force me to admit that there is a global conspiracy against abortion rights, gay rights, trans rights, and yes, racial justice. It's billionaires and right-wing politicians and Catholic and evangelical church leaders working together, conspiring to convince large numbers of people that this thing they call gender ideology is a threat to them, their children, and all of civilization. And it's working. As you'll hear, more and more people are convinced that the real threat to their future is not global climate collapse or the end of democracy, but trans kids playing sports or abortion rights or people like me teaching young minds that gender and sexuality are not obvious facts. Wait, 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 before I keep narrating this podcast, are you sure you're not overreacting? After all, didn't all of this go on in the 1970s with Anita Bryant and the Save Our Children campaign in Florida? The foot soldiers were housewives and mothers, religious and civic leaders in opposition to a well-organized, highly financed, and politically militant group of homosexual activists. We were cast as bigots, haters, discriminators, and deniers of basic human rights. And all of this happened because we were sincerely concerned for our children and our community. And what about Section 28 in Britain? Children who need to be taught to respect traditional moral values are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay. Yeah, sure. There have long been people who want to blame gays for everything that's wrong in the world. 
just like there is an even longer history of people who want to blame Jews. But what's different now is these anti-gay and anti-trans and anti-feminist voices are organized by global organizations like the Catholic Church and political parties like the GOP and media like Fox News. And they put it all together into this nice little propaganda pill that once swallowed motivates large numbers of people not just to vote for candidates who are screaming about gender ideology, but to actually commit acts of violence against LGBTQ people and feminists. As the American right has united around the cause of diminishing LGBTQ rights, extremist groups have found an opening. Stephen Piggott of the Western States Center has been tracking active clubs in Oregon, Washington, and Montana. Together, they've allied to form something called the Northwest Nationalist Network. What's been troubling for me is to see their, their activities increase, especially during Pride Month, where you have these folks teaming up with, with other white nationalist groups and also crossing state lines to engage in the targeting of Pride events across the region. Oh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Tell me more. Well, let's go back to how it's different. If earlier movements like Save Our Children were anti-gay, today's anti-gender ideology movement is anti a lot of things, including any idea that sex and gender might be more complicated than a binary. They are out to stop certain forms of knowledge, things like gender studies, from even being taught, and they are closely affiliated with white supremacist movements. That's why the anti-gender ideology movement in Florida quickly became the anti-woke movement. And not only can you not say gay in Florida schools, but students are now being fed a series of lies about slavery, including that it was beneficial for African Americans. Outrage continued Monday over Florida's new standards for teaching black history. The social studies curriculum approved by Florida's Board of Education last week was created for middle schoolers across the state. And while the new guidelines include teaching some of the harsh conditions slaves lived through, it also includes instruction on how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. If we are really going to fight this anti-gender ideology movement, we need to understand its history. The anti-gender ideology movement started out as a religious one. Conservative Catholics and evangelical leaders were pretty upset about the influence of feminist and LGBTQ movements. But these campaigners against so-called gender ideology were mostly not getting involved in politics. Meanwhile, feminism and the concept of gender were changing how people lived. Most people, at least in the U.S., embrace the idea that we should not let traditional sex roles determine our lives. In other words, that our roles as men or women are not fixed, but socially constructed. A girl can grow up to be a surgeon, and a boy can be a nurse. The central claim of gender that we can be free from traditional roles was really radical, and feminist movements pushed the government and the culture to embrace ending sex-based discrimination so that girls could do anything boys could do. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. But the yes, fact I that can. women started to actually take more and more power in society as a result of the radical changes wrought by second-wave feminism also created anxiety and fear. Add to this an increasingly uncertain economy around the world, with most people getting poorer over time, while the super-rich got super-richer, 
conditions were ripe for a populist movement to coalesce that would blame gender for all that was wrong with the world. By the 2010s, various right-wing populist leaders began to play on these fears and use the term gender ideology to mean a kind of amorphous plot by global elites to destroy the patriarchal order, heterosexual marriage, and corrupt children. I realize this is a lot of information. After all, this movement didn't just appear overnight, and its success has partly depended on us not recognizing it as a single movement. But stick with us. I promise that the people we interview will help explain how anti-gender ideology became a global fascist movement and what we can do to fight back. If you want to know more about the history of the anti-gender ideology movement, listen to our next episode, where a variety of experts explain the movement's rise through Europe, the U.S., and Latin America. And trust me, upcoming episodes will help you connect the dots and figure out how to mobilize. Hey, you know, this is where we really need a theme song to take us out. You got any ideas? Hmm, I was thinking something like this. Feminism, fascism, and the future. Da, 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 da. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. <laughs>